Welcome to Revival from the Bible, a daily devotional podcast designed to help more people get into God's Word and get more out of the Word. I'm Ben Blakey. Today's passage is Revelation 18. It is not a bad idea to get off of a sinking ship. That's not rocket science, right? Uh, If a ship is going down, you don't want to be going into some rooms on uh, the ship or going down to the lower levels of the ship as it's going down because the ship will take you down with it. You should get off of the ship. Our text today is going to remind us that the world is a sinking ship. The world and kind of the system uh, that operates the world is going down, and we are not to get caught up in it. In fact, we're called to, to come out of it and to be separate. Today, we are going to see more about uh, the fall of Babylon. Now, we talked about that yesterday, Babylon, this prostitute, um, and we see the fall of it described in chapter 17. What we see more in chapter 18 is the, the response and the reaction to the fall of Babylon. And even as you think about the fall of a kingdom or a city, that can bring mixed emotions even to you. I mean, consider how you feel about the, the Twin Towers coming down on 9-11 versus how you feel about the Berlin Wall coming down, right? Two things going down, one probably filled you with sadness and um, a sense of terror. The, the other filled you with a sense of rejoicing. And what we'll see here, even in chapter 18 and chapter 19, the fall of Babylon leads some people to rejoicing. And it leads some people to uh, cries, alas, alas, you will see today. Uh, But as we think through Babylon, we we need to remember some things from yesterday. And just one principle that I think comes up sometimes in the Bible, also even in the realm of eschatology, uh, that literal fulfillment and symbolic meaning are not necessarily mutually exclusive. So, what we're seeing here, the fall of Babylon, I think that there's some literal fulfillment of this, that there is some kingdom that is going down, and that's where there's a lot of debate amongst theologians about what exactly the literal fulfillment here will look like. And whatever it may look like, I think there will be a literal fulfillment to what we are reading here in Revelation 18. But that does not mean that it's impossible for it to also have some symbolic meaning, because uh, I think some of those things are clear in this text. And what we see here is that the world system is going to crumble, and we should not be living for these same things. Uh, we highlighted a few things yesterday that describe this prostitute and really describe a lot of the evil elements in our world today. Uh, I mean, you see it in this opening uh, where an angel comes down uh, and cries out with a mighty voice 
Fallen, fallen is Babylon the great. She has become a dwelling place for demons, a haunt for every clean spirit, a haunt for every unclean bird, a haunt for every unclean and detestable beast. For all nations have drunk the wine of the passion of her sexual immorality, and the kings of the earth have committed immorality with her, and the merchants of the earth have grown rich from the power of her luxurious living. So a few elements that we saw yesterday where it was sexual immorality and idolatry and how sometimes sexual immorality is used to symbolize idolatry, but also just those two actual things are very linked throughout the Bible. So here we see that idea of sexual immorality. Again, there's this idea of luxurious living, um, just kind of just wealth. And, and I think you get even to the point of excess here. And you see at the very end of the chapter in verse 24, and in, in her, in Babylon, was found the blood of the prophets and of saints and of all who have been slain on earth. So we also see this opposition to God and opposition to his people. So that's what describes, uh, what will describe ultimately Babylon in this time. Uh, But that's also what we see even at work in our world today. And what's interesting is verse four. There's another voice from heaven. Listen to what it says. Come out from her, my people, lest you take part in her sins, lest you share in her plagues, for her sins are reaped high, are heaped high as heaven, and God has remembered her iniquities. Pay her back as she herself has paid back others, and repay her double for her deeds. Mix a double portion for her in the cup she mixed, as she glorified herself and lived in luxury. So give her like measure of torment and mourning. And it goes on in the same way, but you see that section starts with that call, come out of her, my people. And that is where as Christians, uh, now there is not a literal way we can go out of the world. And even this brings to mind uh, things that Jesus taught. Yes, you are in the world, but you are not to be of the world. This whole idea of sexual immorality, idolatry, materialism, luxurious living, opposition to God and his people, that is not, we should come out from all of that. There's two passages that come to mind that I think might be good cross-references for you to read today in light of Revelation 18. And the first one is in 2 Corinthians. It's the end of uh, chapter 6, going into the beginning of chapter 7. And it starts with this idea of do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers. And maybe the first... um, thing that comes to mind when you hear that is maybe if you grew up in the church, it takes you back to youth group. And this is the verse your youth pastor used to tell you, yeah, you shouldn't date a non-Christian. And while I do think that's a pretty good application of that passage, it's not the only implication or application. It's, It's not just speaking about, hey, teenagers in 2000 years, don't date unbelievers. This is speaking to a much broader principle and saying, what partnership has righteousness with lawlessness or what fellowship has light with darkness. Basically, you are the temple of God. And then you get to this this quote in the middle of verse 16, I will make my dwelling among them and walk among them and I will be their God and they shall be my people. 
Therefore, go out from their midst and be separate from them, says the Lord. Then I will welcome you, and I will be a father to you, and you shall be sons and daughters to me, says the Lord Almighty. And then the beginning of chapter 7 in 2 Corinthians says this, Since we have these promises, beloved, let us cleanse ourselves from every defilement of body and spirit, bringing holiness to completion in the fear of God. So we are to cleanse ourselves from every defilement of body, any sexual immorality and idolatry and just ways of living like the world, we're to pursue holiness in the fear of God. Or the other passage that comes to mind, I believe we've referenced this already uh, as we've talked through Revelation, is 1 John 2, which says, Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh and the desires of the eyes and the pride of life, is not from the Father, but is from the world. And the world is passing away. That gets us thinking of fallen. Fallen is Babylon the great with its desires. And whoever does the will of God abides forever. So the world system is going to fall. Don't get caught up in it. Do not love the world. Cleanse yourself from defilement of body and spirit. That's really, I think, going to be the main thing you need to meditate on and think about applying today. Are there ways that you are allowing yourself to get caught up in sexual immorality, the desires of the flesh, the desires of the eyes? Are you getting caught up just in the materialism of the world or the boastful pride of life? These are things God has called us to come out of and to live differently, to live separately. And so you see that reaction, these comments by angels, you'll see some rejoicing about the fall of Babylon in chapter 19, but much of the rest of the chapter 18 is filled with uh, really mourning. You see the kings of the earth who are guilty, right? They've committed sexual immorality and lived in luxury with her. They will weep and wail. Alas, alas, you great city, you mighty city Babylon, for in a single hour, your judgment has come. And not only the kings, but the merchants of the earth, they are going to weep and mourn since no one buys their cargo anymore and goes on to list all of these. And you get a sense that these are all, you know, luxurious things here. And then you see that the merchants, again, you see the shipmasters and really the sailors, those who participated in this trade and they're throwing dust on their head. And you read the word alas, a lot in this chapter. But then it ends with another comment from an angel who took up a stone like a great millstone and threw it into the sea, saying, so will Babylon the great be thrown down with violence and will be found no more. And then all the sounds of of merriment, all the, 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 the lamps and the lights of this city, they're going to be gone. And it connects it at the end. And in her was found the blood of the prophets and of the saints and of all who had been slain on earth. That there was guilt in this city. And that's why it is being judged. So as we think through this today, remember, the world system is going down. The the ship is sinking. Are you getting caught up by things on the ship? Are you letting things of the world really get a hold of you, your mind, your heart, your life. Think through, identify what some of those things might be or what some of those temptations might be so that we might come out of the world, that we might live holy 
in an unholy world, that while we may still be in the world, we will not be of the world. Thanks for digging into God's Word with me today on Revival from the Bible. For more resources, check out RevivalFromTheBible.com. To learn more about Compass Bible Church Treasure Valley, go to CompassBible.tv. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you.